Hey, it's week 11 of Tequila Sunrise, and I'm going to tell you what it takes to get started in supply chain tech. I'm going to give you a preview of some upcoming guests on the show, a couple of personal announcements, the supply chain tech stock index, and this week's deal updates. So listen up. time to wake up to Tequila Sunrise, where unfortunately, without the aid of tequila, we open your eyes to how startups and venture investing techs focused on supply chain tech every week at this unholy hour of the day. If you want a taste of how tech startup growth and investment is done, join me every Thursday for another blinding Tequila Sunrise. Greg White here from Supply Chain Now. I am always happy, never satisfied, willing to acknowledge reality, but refusing to be bound by it. My goal is to inform, enlighten, and inspire you in your own supply chain tech journey. Hey, in case you're listening in the Supply Chain Now main channel, you should know you need to subscribe to Tequila Sunrise wherever you get your podcasts. We'll only be in the mainstream for a couple weeks more. Go subscribe to Tequila Sunrise today so you don't miss a thing. Last week, we interviewed founder and CEO Colton Griffin of Cannabis Supply Chain Tech Flourish. I'd encourage you to listen to episode 10. Spend an hour or so with Colton and me to learn about his journey and what you can take away from it. In fact, the response to Colton's visit was so overwhelming, we're making guests a part of the formula from now on. In the coming weeks, we'll have founders, execs, and investors from throughout supply chain tech. Here's just an example. Sarah Barnes-Humphrey, co-founder and CEO of Ships, a freight tech that has just come out of stealth mode. Jason Perez, founder and CEO of Yards, an equipment rental tech that is in a seed raise process. Paul Noble, founder and CEO of Verison, an MRO and direct materials data and optimization tech who will grow nearly 10x in 2020. And don't forget the investor side. Ben Gordon, industry stalwart, an investor from Cambridge Capital who is funding supply chain techs even in these tumultuous times. You'll hear the ups and downs, the lessons learned, and wisdom shared from people making it happen in supply chain tech. No better way to learn than from those doing it right now. That reminds me, a couple really quick announcements. I am honored to report that I've joined Ships as an advisor. I'm excited about what Sarah and the team is doing, and they have great early momentum. Also, the ink is dry, and I'm officially venture partner at Kubera Venture Capital. I'm already speaking to several supply chain tech founders and interested to find more seed stage companies looking for capital. So if that's you, hit me up on LinkedIn or email at greg at kubera.vc, K-U-B-E-R-A dot V-C. All right. Let's see what's going on in supply chain tech this week. First of all, let's start with the deal ticker. We had 251 rounds of funding for $3.5 billion and 76 acquisitions for $11.9 billion in the overall market. In supply chain, we had five funding rounds for $7.6 million. There's still plenty of money out there to get. Okay, many thanks to Daniel Karen from Port Logistics Group 
who is building an automated mechanism to enable us to track and analyze the Tequila Sunrise Supply Chain Tech Stock Index and the member companies. It's a big effort and it will take some time, so thanks, Daniel. I really appreciate it. Little bit of news this week. Shopify up almost 10% in the last week, reached an all-time high on Wednesday before it pulled back during trading. Big Commerce jumped 50% last week, big week for e-com stocks, but gave away most of its gain in the last few days. Manhattan was up about 5% in the last week and a big jump, almost 8% on Tuesday. Hey, one quick change to the index membership. We dropped Park City Group as their market capitalization was too small. Okay, a couple of notable supply chain deals. Cosmos AI lands $15 million to analyze shoppers. This startup analyzes mobile location data to predict and, get this, influence how people shop offline. It has raised a $15 million in a Series A investment round that sets a valuation for the company in excess of $100 million. Tiga Investments, OTB Ventures, and TDJ Patango led the financing. Sometimes it's just fun to say the names of these investment firms. Another one, Fox Robotics, an Austin-based maker of self-driving forklifts that automatically unload trailers, closed a $9 million Series A funding round. The round was led by Menlo Ventures, huge, with participation from Eniac Ventures, La Familia, Signal Fire, Congruent Ventures, and AME Cloud Ventures. They got a new board member with Mark Siegel, partner at Menlo Ventures, joining the board of directors. The company intends to use the funds to ramp up production after running pilots with large logistics companies since last October. Charles Duhadway and Peter Anderson Sprecher, who've built robots and led robotics teams at Stanford, Bosch, Google Robotics, and Google X, lead the company that builds these self-driving forklifts, which leverage technology similar to self-driving cars. Fox's forklifts use AI for real-time detection of pallets, trailers, and obstacles so they don't need fixed locations pre-programmed in. They plan routes on the fly and don't need memorized routes. Okay, this is our featured topic of the week. So let me tell you how I got this inspiration, maybe frustration. I saw an article about starting your own supply chain business somewhere on the interwebs. And it was just so generic, it could have been about any business. It was not informative, it was not inspiring, but it did inspire me to compose something I hope will be much more useful to you. So, you want to start a supply chain tech. Look, I want you to succeed, and to succeed, you got to know what you're getting yourself into. So I'm going to share some harsh realities about startups, tech, and supply chain with the goal of creating an awakening that shakes those with unshakable confidence, creates surety in the unsure, and motivates the solely opportunistic to seek opportunity elsewhere. This will hit hard, but if you're confident, committed, and capable, it might just only strengthen your resolve. If it scares you away, then I've probably saved you years of pain and millions of dollars. No charge. All right, let's recognize this fact right out of the gate. Startup is only glamorous in your mind and on TV. Startup is hard. Startup is expensive. Startup is time-consuming. And startup is way more complicated than you think. And if you have any doubt, I'm going to post a link to an article that Urban Horizon created, a spreadsheet for creating a tech startup 40-point checklist. 
Look, co-founder complications, finding the market, accepting you're wrong, pivoting fast, plus dealing with success and struggles at the same time. It's coming at you fast and you better be ready for it. In fact, more than ready, obsession is required. The great Bradfeld of Foundry Group constantly repeats this, and I completely agree. A lot of people say, I'm into this because it's my passion, or I'm an expert, or I have vision. Look, passion Vision and industry knowledge is not sufficient. Don't simply look for opportunity. Attack a problem you are driven, compelled, and feel a responsibility to solve. Oh, and on that obsession topic, let's be clear on this point. Work-life balance and startups have never met. Just forget your current perception of work-life balance. Startup life is your life. It is your team's life, and it is your family's life. You can find work-life balance as long as your definition and your loved one's definition of work-life balance is 70% work and 30% life as balance, with about a third of life interrupted by work. My suggestion is that if you decide to go into this, you are very intentional in communicating and finding acceptance from your loved ones on this. Even then, you have to continually overperform on the life side and continually ask forgiveness and make up for intrusions from the work. It is important to calendar all life events in advance, set expectations, and make provisions at work during events and do it well ahead of time. On another front, you don't know enough to do this startup thing. Team is the first and most important thing. Yeah. You're really, really smart, an exceptional intellect, visionary, or whatever, but you are not the total package. Knowing your weaknesses is just as important as knowing your strengths. First, find a yin to your yang. Always have a co-founder. For any startup, there are two fundamental sides, vision and sales gifts and tech and science gifts. Both are a must. Whichever is your gift... Find the other in your co-founder and make sure they share your obsession and work-life imbalance perspective. Hey, here's a really interesting tip. Find a geezer. No joke. A 50-plus founder is 2.2 times more likely to succeed than a 30-year-old. Go Boomer. One more recognition. You need lawyers and accountants. Ugh, I know. But even at their exorbitant rates... Your time is better spent elsewhere and in an industry where high finance reigns and your intellectual property is your company's valuation, you need professional help. Bite the bullet. Find a mentor or two or three to balance your strengths. For instance, I always need a science guru and a finance pro in any company that I found. Let's talk about business plan. The reality is that 10 slides and one page of text is your business plan. Don't waste time on a 200-page analysis. All you need is a simple pitch deck. Of course, you need greater depth of understanding than that, and backup documentation is helpful, but get your framework built and document depth along the way. you got to get money. Start with yours. Get others, friendlies, friends, relatives, co-workers, neighbors, trusted advisors. If you are interested in how to get money, check out some of our earlier episodes for details on how to fund a startup. Big part of the business plan, build a team. And remember, culture eats strategy for breakfast. Hiring is the most important thing you do. Hire slow, 
evaluate thoroughly, and fire fast if you don't have a fit. Find someone who fits your culture as well as the skill set of your company. They need to adhere to the core values that you've established for your company. Now, on to the solution. If you build it, they will not come. But if you solve it, they will. Before you write a single line of code, this is incredibly important. Before you write a single line of code, you need to start by getting the market. Don't expect the market to get you. You need to understand what the market needs and deliver it if it's in a new and maybe difficult way to conceive or conceptualize. You'll do a lot of explaining, but you will fit the market a lot better if you understand the need from the market's perspective. Ask everyone you know about your unicorn idea. And by the way, never, ever, ever say you are the next unicorn. You are not an eight-year-old with dreams of being an astronaut. You are a servant to a market with a problem. You have to be an adult. You also need to test your hypothesis with the market to assure that the problem is compelling, not just interesting. Compelling sells, interesting doesn't. That a problem exists is not sufficient for people to pay for it to be resolved. You have to test to determine that your solution is a differentiated one. You'll know when people will pay you for it. Of course, not everyone will pay you for it, and you will have pilots. Expect some unpaid pilots and consider them market research. It doesn't hurt as bad if you think of them that way. And use paid pilots as entree to market leaders, opinion makers, big names. Those companies will pay and getting their skin in the game is critical to getting them to commit to implementing your technology. Your initial offering, your minimum viable product, it needs to start by solving the most painful problem and only that. Of course, you plan for enhancement. But one of the things you want to do is you want to strive to get customers asking, wow, that helped us a lot. Could you also help us with X? Then you know you've got it. You've got a solution. You've got trust and you've got customer advocates. That is a winning formula. This is a big one. Listen up. If you are a founder, definitely dial in right now. You have more competitors than you know more than you can find on the web, more than you can conceive in your mind. It is rare that you are the only one doing something, even something that is disruptive or innovative or life-changing or game-changing or world-changing. Even if there is not a same solution, which is unlikely, there's at least a way of solving the issue today or an inadequate, ill-fit or old-fashioned solution that people are clinging to. In any case, someone is competing for the dollars you want to get for your solution. Recognize and embrace that there is competition. Dig hard to find it. Don't be Pollyannish enough to think you have no competition. And even if you think you have no competition, certainly don't say that. Investors know better, and it smacks of immaturity when anyone says that. And finally... You have to face the cold, hard truths of this ruthless, venerable supply chain industry. It is very complex, and there are many times where a risk-slash-cost-slash-constraint evaluation must be made. The answer many times is, it depends, where depends equals 20 or more variables. 
There is little room for error. Business is always on the line, and sometimes it is literally life or death. Lastly, because risk is so great and the unknown is the ultimate risk, supply chain is a laggard industry. Yes, resistant to change. While service and customer experience are important, the focus is still often and so frustratingly on cost, efficiency, and labor for most. Risk management and optimization have not yet taken the forefront in the industry, and even seismic disruptions like COVID haven't broken this laggard mentality. Manual processes, paper, and spreadsheets abound, but that doesn't mean it's easy to break through even with an advanced technology. Change in the industry is directionally correct, but glacially slow by comparison to other industries. Now look, here are a few final thoughts. We'll go deeper in another episode, and I'll ask these questions in our founder interviews. But recognize this. One, tech is expensive. Be ready to burn cash and prepared to get investment. Two, pivot is inevitable. Your initial premise will almost always be wrong. Don't think of that as failure. It is an important part of the process. It may be a 180-degree pivot, or it may be just a few degrees to tweak your original precept, but it will happen. Three, struggle is real. Embrace, share, and overcome struggle as a team. It makes you stronger, or it kills you, but I think it makes you stronger. Four, death is the most likely outcome. Five, cheating death is oh, so gratifying maybe as gratifying as delivering a valued solution, as hitting an IPO, as making a bill. No, no, not even close to that. But it, but anyway, cheating death is gratifying. Okay. After all that, if you are foolish enough to be undaunted or heaven forbid, even encouraged by all this, congratulations, you are a founder. These harsh realities are only part of the picture. And overcoming them or even just attempting is a thrill for many pioneers. We love the fight as much as the victory. Look, it helps to believe that there is something better out there. And to have a healthy dose of narcissism that makes you think you are the one to bring it to the world. This is why I encourage people to acknowledge reality but refuse to be bound by it. Reality is simply that which you can envision based on your current awareness. To truly breakthrough requires the blessing of naivete and unfailing perseverance to shape a new reality. Now, go change your reality. All right, that's all you need to know about supply chain tech for this week. Don't forget to get to supplychainnowradio.com for more Supply Chain Now series, interviews, and events. And now we have two live streams per week. The most popular live show in supply chain, Supply Chain Buzz, every Monday at noon Eastern Time with Scott Luton, the master, and me. Plus, our Thursday live stream, to be named later, where we bring you whatever the hell we want. Like a few weeks ago when we interviewed our producer Clay, the dog, Phillips. Thanks for spending your valuable time with me, and remember... Acknowledge reality, but never be bound by it.